And then she moved to New York City and she enrolls at Columbia University to work on her PhD in social history. Now, I did find an article that said what she wanted to do was get her degree in female sexuality, but they didn't offer that degree or let her do it. So she was like, okay, I guess I'll do social history. To figure out why she can't. (laughs) It's like, all right, I'll go back a step. The topic of the female orgasm arose and the question of whether or not all women had them. And there's crickets. And someone was like, Cher, why don't you look into that? Why don't you do some research? You're a historian. You're a researcher. And so she is like, sure, that sounds like a great project for me. Hello and welcome to Broads You Should Know, the podcast about amazing and noteworthy women in history. I'm Sarah Gorski. I'm Chloe Skye. And I'm Jupiter F. Stone. I'm still here. Jupiter is still here because Sam is still in baby land. New baby she's land. Still, she's still in baby land. Yes. And so um, we have Jupiter filling in for her and she's been doing a great job. So oh, thank keep, you. So we keep bringing her back. So. Yes. I offer some <laughs> colorful commentary and sometimes instant research. It's great. Yeah. Instant I research. Keep me it's always too. intimidating for me when she does the instant <laughs> research. Um, so today, ladies, I'm bringing us Share Height. Have you ever heard of Share Height? No. Mm-mm. No. No. Never. Oh my goodness. Is that, is that because the patriarchy doesn't want me to? Oh. Yes, actually. <laughs> well, I so I so I first read about Cher Height earlier this year because she died this this past year in 2020. She died. And there were all these articles and I was like, who is this broad? And I was fascinated and I was had all these other broads on my list and I was focusing on black broads, so I kind of put her on the back burner, but the time has come because this is our special Valentine's Day episode. In fact, not Valentine's Day, sorry. I don't like to celebrate Valentine's Day. I celebrate Galentine's Day. Yeah. With Leslie Nope. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, nobody felt more appropriate for Galentine's Day than Cher Height. So I'm going to jump in and I'm really, really excited. I do want to say to our listeners that this podcast, while it's always explicit, today it's a little more sexually explicit (laughs) bring it on so if you're not prepared to hear about sexuality you can skip to a different episode but also you should stay and listen because also you should stay and listen because probably you need to hear more about sexuality um especially female sexuality because that is what she wrote about so she's like maybe don't listen to this like with your dad or something (laughs) or maybe do do. because maybe your dad needs to know about it right maybe make him listen to it right but don't listen with him yeah if you have to listen listen separately fine but consume it yeah (laughs) i'm not gonna listen with my dad what's she do (laughs) (laughs) okay so okay I'm going in. Let's go. November 2nd, 1942, in St. Joseph, Missouri, a little baby girl was born, and she was named Shirley Diana Gregory. But she never went by Shirley. She went by Cher, which is spelled S-H-E-R-E, but pronounced Cher. Um, her mother at the time was 16 years old. So young. She's like a young mama. Wow. Um, and her parents divorced pretty quickly after World War II. Uh, and she took her father's last name, which is Height. H-I-T-E. So our broad is Cher Height 
today. Cher was mostly raised by her grandparents and later her aunt down in Florida. And then uh, I'm kind of skipping over childhood stuff. I I didn't dig far enough to get into it because I get so excited about the actual stuff that she accomplished. So anyone can go back, research more about her history. But she um, went to high school down in Florida uh, while she was living with her aunts. Uh, And then she got her master's degree from the University of Florida in 1967. Uh, And then she moved to New York City and she enrolls at Columbia University to work on her PhD in social history. Now, I did find an article that said what she wanted to do was to get her degree in female sexuality, but they didn't offer that degree or let her do it. So she was like, okay, I guess I'll do social history. So the next best thing. I guess so. <laughs> to figure out why she can't. <laughs> yeah. It's like, all right, I'll go back a step. <laughs> um, and while she's uh, at Columbia, she has to pay the bills, right? So she starts, she's, she's, if you look at pictures of her, she's pretty gorgeous. Um, a beautiful, like, blonde, leggy woman with that, like, thin figure. And she starts modeling to make ends meet. Um, she ends up posing for ploy- Playboy, topless. Get that, yes. get that money. Yes, top equality. <laughs> she really didn't want that degree. <laughs> I mean, I mean, college is expensive, and she was paying for it herself. And so, you know, and you just gotta live. So she's doing, she's doing her thing. And then yeah. in the early seventies, she's still modeling, and she does this ad for Olivetti typewriters. And when the ad was published, the text that is laid over her picture said that the typewriter was, quote, so smart, she doesn't have to be. Oh, my God. And Cher was like, what the fuck? And she was livid. And she, like, dives headfirst into the feminist movement. (laughs) Um, So she joins up with the National Organization for Women, which at the time was protesting that specific ad campaign. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And at one of their meetings, the topic of the female orgasm arose and the question of whether or not all women had them. And there's crickets. Everyone's like, "Mm, uh, I don't, uh... (laughs) And someone was like, Cher, why don't you look into that? Why don't you do some research? You're a historian. You're a researcher. Why don't you find out? And so she is like, sure, that sounds like a great project for me. So she goes to her libraries and her research, and she's, like, looking through all of her books. And, like, at this point, she's, like, completed a few degrees. She does end up not – she doesn't finish her degree at Columbia. I think she just got, like, so disillusioned with everything that was happening and not being able to do female sexuality, blah, 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 that she just was like, no, fuck this shit. But – and then she's also, like, in this feminist movement now. She's trying to to move forward and do all this stuff. So she starts researching, and she doesn't find anything. Like, she finds, like, basically nothing in the research Mm. books about female sexuality. So she's like, okay, well – I'm going to launch my own research project to find out more about it, since there's, like, nothing that exists about it in the books here. Has this... Do you know if um, Masters and Johnson had done any of their, like, sex research yet at this point? Who's uh, Masters and Johnson? You know what? Of the, I don't know of them specifically. This is So this is post-Kinsey in terms of, like, sexual research. They were just, like... They were just the sex researchers, and they, like did a bunch of work involving the fact that women can have orgasms specifically because Johnson, who was the female researcher was like, no, it's totally possible. And 
they had a really hard time ever getting their work published, but they were doing it like in the 60s and 70s, Ooh. maybe even earlier. Well, I, 60s I exactly. and 70s. So this is the early 70s, early and mid 70s. Okay. So, so it might have been right so around, this is the, around same the same time. time period. And now I want to research those guys too. <laughs> the, the show um, Masters of Sex is about them. Oh, I have a friend that was in that show. Oh, nice. I got to watch it. So good. I love it. For so many reasons. So anyway, so Cher starts her own research project, and she she sends out thousands uh, thousands of questionnaires to women across the country, all different ages, all, you know, all across the spectrum. And these questions were, the questionnaires were given anonymity, so the people answering weren't going to be like, their names weren't going to be published. So the women who filled them out were writing very candidly and very openly. And up until this point, all of the like female sexuality research was like multiple choice. And what Cher did was she like had open-ended questions and women would just like write out these super long answers and they just like went in super depth and detail to answer the questions that she asked. And and there was a quote from Cher where she said, quote, researchers should stop telling women what they should feel sexually and start asking them what they do feel sexually. Mm-hmm. She received 3,000 replies and she started reading through them and compiling all of this information. And in 1976, she publishes The Height Report, a nationwide study of female sexuality. And... The primary conclusion of the book, are you ready? Are you ready? I'm ready. So this is information we know now, but like back then it blew the lid off of everyone's minds. So the primary conclusion of the book was that women do not need men to orgasm. What? What? More than 70% of her respondents did not achieve orgasm via penetration but rather clitoral stimulation and that most women felt embarrassed and inadequate. So they didn't tell their partners. Wow. Wow. Real shit. She opened a box. She did. So up until this point, female sexuality as presented by like Freud and Kinsey and all of these experts in sex, they modeled women, female sexuality off of the man's experience, the male experience, which for men is basically primarily penetration right in and out in and out love i love this discussion i'm really into it hey uh, me too but i'm cheap so it was thought like widely at the time that women who didn't orgasm during sex just like had something wrong with them and that they just like weren't that they were like broken and women like felt broken they were like why can't i just come during sex right and it turns out it's because they need clitoral stimulation mm-hmm. but no but, one ever um, told women yeah so wow. women everywhere were like, oh, my God, it's not just me. It's everyone. And so um, I so I actually bought as part of my research, I bought the ebook and I started reading it, her her the height report. Nice. And she just she compiles all the data and the information. And then she also just has these quotes from women that are examples of like what each kind of main point is. And these women are just like talking about their own experiences and i oh my god i mean i can't wait to finish reading i only read like i skimmed like just like 10 pages of it because i didn't have like it's like a 500 page book and i was like i don't have time i don't have time um but women who were reading this were felt so empowered and so like not alone for the first time it was like holy shit it's not just me i'm not broken i have sexual power i have sexual prowess and 
And my husband's been doing it wrong. <laughs> For him. <laughs> right. Um, this is so powerful. It is so, it's like so incredible. Like we don't even know because we're significantly more progressed now, I think, in these thoughts than they were back then. But at the time, it was so mind-blowing. Um, and Cher said later, there was a quote from her that said, quote, her book became so popular because it was the only book to say that there's nothing wrong with women, that women can have orgasms very easily, but the kind of stimulation women need isn't being included in sex. It was yes. trying to say that women need to be half of the equations. And if we're going to have equality in sex, it has to be rethought. So women, it just kind of like we're in the middle of second wave feminism and women everywhere just felt like so liberated and so empowered by her research. But the popularity of her study was not lauded by men. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> surprise, surprise. No. They did not appreciate this information. Um, Playboy, her former employer, called it the hate report. Oh, <laughs> they would, wouldn't they? They Damn. would. And some Damn. critics told her she ought to change her name to, quote, sheer hype. Wow. wow. Damn. Right? These sexist assholes. They right? be creative as hell when they being insulting. Right? Shit. The Christian right saw her research oh, as leading to the dissolution of the family. Empowering <laughs> women's pleasure was breaking up the American family. No. <laughs> no. No. That's, that's, that's pretty telling, though. <laughs> about your what your idea of the american family is right i mean if you stop having sex with your husband then i mean if you achieve your orgasms on your own what if you just don't want the dick anymore what then what, what if then? you just don't want the dick anymore that is the but then question we'll, then we'll never have chi children will just never be born <laughs> i mean it's the end of society I'm pretty sure we'll be all right i'm pretty sure we'll be all right so the scientific <laughs> community too like they were filled with hate they were like you have flawed research methodology your sampling is skewed this research is not legitimate um there's a really great quote of shares which i like capital r relate to um she said quote it's much harder for what a woman does to be taken seriously expectations assumptions are different when people say it's not scientific what they really mean is you're not a man you're not wearing a white coat it's just women talking that's nowhere. That's not scientific. It's not important with a capital I. Mm. Um, that's pretty much I the attitude. You. I feel you share. That's oh. the attitude. No, I feel seriously. like all the broads on this podcast can relate to that. That's yeah. a relatable statement. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, but she didn't stop. Uh, she, you know, she, she was interested in sexuality in general. She wasn't just some sort of man hater or something like that. In 1981, she publishes the Height Report on Male Sexuality. And for that report, she had um, 7,239 respondents, ages 13 to 97. The major revelations of that publication were that many men have deep fears of intimacy and their own sexual inadequacy and lots of repressed anger. Shocking! Oh my gosh! So shocking! If this report were printed, the whole literal world would be different. It, like, I mean, it, it was printed, and people hated her for it. Ah, uh, well, printed, <laughs> pr accepted. If she released something that was like, 
women need mandatory, dicks to survive. Mandatory reading in schools. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. That's like, what it I'm should over be. here mad. Like, I haven't heard about this. And I just had to, like, I discovered this, like, last week attitude towards these things. <laughs> and it's like, people been talking about it. Been talking about it. Well, she nobody, put this shit out. no one wants women empowered, dude. Nah. If women yeah, aren't true. getting right. sexual pleasure, it's going to keep them in line, right? So mm. that's like part of the repression of women through history, right? It's just like, I don't know, we see it over and over. And all the, I feel like all of our broads have some version of this story, right? This is just like <laughs> the literal version of like what happens when you really try to reveal some of these deep, like structural, especially intimate details about the relationships between men and women and and sexuality it's so fucking fascinating right um, she's also talking about things that like technically like it's like around this time depending on I me mean, like in like white christian america you don't talk about sex outside of like your marriage mm-mm. right and you don't talk about forbidden. it like in your marriage like it, it's yeah. like yeah. you don't talk, no, about, you don't sex. talk about it just period like, just why would you ever talk about it right it's fascinating you don't even say like, the word period you, like reading some of the, the the quotes from this the first study the height report on female sexuality like a lot of women are like sh- like they're like so ashamed they're like i i masked like there's like a whole section of on masturbation and like how you masturbate she had a whole it was a huge questionnaire it wasn't just about orgasms but um it but it was like you know i do masturbate but but when i am caught in it i'm so ashamed or like i'm too ashamed i can't touch myself they're like women they're across the spectrum and some women are more comfortable with it like some people are clearly like way more kind of like liberal thinking and free about their thoughts and then some women are like oh no i can't that's bad that's a sin so mm-hmm. like you really see it's interesting because you really see like i feel like the critics of it like did you read it like these are just quotes from women who are saying <laughs> what their lies are right right the truth their truth yeah wow. so it's interesting so anyway so she she publishes a third um report uh, in eight, in 1987, she um, she publishes "Women and Love: A Cultural Revolution in Progress." Um, that had 4,500 replies to questionnaires, um, and that was a study on relationships more specifically. And she found uh, in this study that there was rampant infidelity and unhappiness in romantic relationships. She seventy um, percent of the women who responded who were married for five five years or more said that they had extramarital affairs which was a way higher number than what had previously been reported mm-hmm. um and like like 98 better at hiding it 98 percent said they had dissatisfaction in their sexual relationships and 95 percent experienced emotional harassment by their male partners mm-hmm. <laughs> um Ooh. that's it's a lot that like no one had ever talked about before um, the the last study in particular was super criticized. They we, were at like, some level, we we just got to feel so bad for our mamas and grandmamas. Yes, ninety five percent. Yes, for real. Whew. Like you understand why women like sat on their dryers and like, you know, yeah, yeah. Like you're like, holy shit! No wonder. Like you have to have some outlet because no one actually believes and appreciates that like female pleasure exists. The last study had, like, got, you know, each study progressively got, like, more and more hate mail. People hated on all of them. The last study was criticized for its response rate that she sent out, like, 100,000 surveys, but only got 4,500 back. And people were like, well, the only people who are replying are the most opinionated people. You don't hear back from people that don't have strong opinions. Uh-huh. And the, the scientific research community just like tore apart her research methods. And she got all these terrible reviews. She was accused of male bashing, all this stupid shit. Um, 
And people were we like, "We just like you to know that you're not pleasing us. You're you hate men." Yeah, you clearly no, just, I just hate said. Men. You I just said men. you've never given me an orgasm. Right, and she's not saying that. She's saying all of these other people are saying that. <laughs> right. right, you can't deny this. Right, I mean, she's a feminist, and we know that. But like, just because you're feminist doesn't mean you hate men. <laughs> no, no. Feminism um, is for men. And so people start to, well. to like tear apart like her personal life too. Like there was all these rumors flying around. Her agent resigned and people were like, she's harassing book reviewers and she's posing as her own publicist and all this other weird like erratic behavior shit about her. It's hard to tell. Like for me, as someone who thinks her work is brilliant and amazing and mind-blowing, I'm like, how erratic was her behavior? Or did you just like want to find a way to like invalidate her and and her research. I don't really know. There was just so much, there was so much bullshit being flung at her that like the feminist movement felt the need to like step in and like defend her. So Gloria Steinem and Barbara Ehrenreich and there was like this group of like 12 feminists who denounced her media assaults as quote, a conservative backlash directed not so much against one woman as against the rights of women everywhere. So they really just, like, the feminist movement was like, fuck you guys. Like, you guys hate women, and you just don't want women to have pleasure, and you don't want them to feel empowered. Um, So I think it's it's notable that the feminists came to her defense, I think, that, like, it that her work had such power in the movement itself in terms of empowering women to take their own pleasure back and to speak up in their sexual relationships and get what they want and reach out and get that pleasure, like... It was a voice that had kind of never, never been out there before. Um, in ni- in eight, uh, 1985, Cher had married a German concert pianist, Friedrich Holrich, who was, P.S., 19 years her junior. All the articles mention that. No, oh, she married a guy 19 years younger. Yo, when the dick is good, the dick is thing. good. You gotta go for it. <laughs> um, but all this drama, all this disrespect, it was, it's like... This is like early onset cancel culture. Like, I feel like this is some of the earliest examples I've read of it. (laughs) Um, And it made things so hard for her. Like, she just wasn't respected. She couldn't get any, like, regain her footing. So she finally renounces her U.S. citizenship and moves to Germany with her husband. Whoa. Yeah. Damn. And the Germans were more tolerant and open-minded about her endeavors. In in 2003, she, she wrote that, quote, after a decade of sustained attacks on myself and my work, particularly my reports into female sexuality, I no longer felt free to carry out my research to the best of my ability in the country of my birth. Wow. Wow. So she goes to Germany. So she uh, goes to Germany, the country that we, well, I mean, we shit on all the other countries, but I, I, sorry, I have a tick in me, like, right now, just, like, how much hatred they, like, spit about Germany specifically, ver- and how many people, like, go there. I think it's because my sister's there, and she's, like, she was, like, Jupiter, like, it's nothing like they taught us about. They have, like, recycling no. laws, like, everyone's so nice, everyone's wearing a mask, like. Yeah. Well, <sighs> I mean, I think Germany, like, the rise of the Nazis, like, you know, has like forever tainted American culture. But I mean, I'm super German. My family's super German. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of great things about German culture. It just so happens that it also oh, yeah. burst a terrible, a terrible. Right. Well, before uprising. the rise of the Nazis, Germany was like the front most country in the world dealing with LGBT rights. Mm. Wow. I know that. Oh, yeah. They had like, like, that's where uh, Christine Jorgensen went to get her trans mm-hmm. surgery like oh, you know like yeah. germany was where people were pressing forward and the, pushing the boundaries of sexuality um like we have all those 
German like psychologists who research sex to anyway yeah anyway well it makes sense that she would fit in there yeah yeah more than here go figure hi america (laughs) um unfortunately her and her hubby pianist hubby get divorced but she stays in europe she ends up marrying again paul sullivan and they lived in london uh and in 2000 she publishes the height report on height which is a sexual and political autobiography Um, where she tried to really kind of set the record straight about her life and her research and her work. There was a review that the Guardian did a review of the book and they, and they quote, lamented that a woman who had set out to defy sexism had been condemned as vain and narcissistic. Strip away the sneers and what really scared people about height is the fact that she is a beautiful, clever, sexy, self-made woman. Mm. Bam. Tell them. Tell Tell them. Guardian, all right. So she kept on, you know, so she did. She kept on researching despite the fact that she was just so shit on by everybody. Um, What else are you going to do? And she lived in London with her second hubs. And she just died last September 9th, 2020, at her home in London. She was 77 years old. Apparently she had a rare neurological disorder that also could have been Parkinson's or Alzheimer's or some combination of that. But so she just died, which is how I had heard about heard out about her but i just downloaded her book and now i'm obsessed with it and now i'm like gonna buy it and send it to all my girlfriends because i'm like <laughs> everyone everyone needs to read it um, yeah. because even Mandatory though it's reading. even though it was published in 76 i'm reading it like yesterday and i'm like holy shit my mind is blowing my mind is blowing right now <laughs> because yeah. it's still kind of not talked about that much like oh, yeah they don't teach us that in schools no, no, it's not like acceptable like socially, except for like you know like one-on-one conversations with your girlfriend when you're like seven glasses of wine in, and she's mm. like, "No, I wrote it in a book. I, I think about this every day." Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. And not even like all my girlfriends. There's only like one or two girlfriends I feel like I can talk about that stuff with. Yeah, even though like it's so relevant to all of us, and it's it's still like such a taboo topic and one that like I don't know. I mean, the problem's not resolved, right? Like it's still this <laughs> yeah. like widely unequal i don't know even when like in porn like a lot of the articles i was reading was talking we're talking about how like even in porn female pleasure is always connected with with penetration specifically even though we know now that women mostly need that clitoral stimulation Mm -hmm. to get so like even even porn is always just always shows the woman coming you know during penetration even so even lesbian porn is like kind of heavy on them penetrating each other I'm going to trust you on that because I don't, I don't know. I don't have as much research into that department. Right. <laughs> I have a little bit, I have, I have a little bit of research in that department. Um, it, it, it really is. Cause even the like lesbian porn is produced by male producers. Right. So they're just putting it through their particular gaze, but there is sort of like this like newer like movement or different types of like stars, like who produce their own videos mm. that are leaning in a more like balanced, like multi pleasurable multi pleasurable experience. Like before, like there weren't like any like, okay, well like here, let's use this vibrator and get you off and then I'll get off. It was always just like, this is the male experience and this is what happened first and this is what happened second and this is what happened third and then here we go, you know, there's the money shot and now watch it again. And it's like, <laughs> wait, what the fuck? <laughs> it's, 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 it's such a weird, annoying structure. This is not how she would have put, oh my gosh, what a thought exercise. What, what would this broad do a with thought. a like production house? Mm. I know, right? I know. Damn. I wish that was the last thing she was doing. 
producing porn producing from London. porn from London. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You know what? She seems like such like a cool. I'm like super depressed. I didn't know about her when she was still alive. And like, yeah. And yeah. also that she was so shunned and that even like the feminist movement couldn't like protect her well enough that she could kind of remain here and, and yeah. making work here. It sucks. Mm-hmm. Dudes yeah. ruined it. The dudes ruined it again. Always. Always. As the patriarchy. Always. Motherfucks. Down Motherfucking. Motherfucks. Ew. Oh. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> well, anyway, that's share height, you guys. Broad, we should know. Yeah. Absolutely. One thousand million billion percent. One thousand know that book. I want to hear way more about clitoral stimulation in everything I do. <laughs> oh, sure. Well you wait will you wait for my it's episode. Be <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks you guys for listening um about share height today. As always, if you like this podcast, give us a like, give us a review to be our best friend. Yeah, um suggest abroad. Go to broadsyoushouldknow.com, see our database. You can suggest abroad to us there. And we will see you next week for another broad you should know.